I'm here with the amazing Grace and her dog. <laughs> <laughs> yes, little Callie, little princess. How are you? I'm good. Yeah, I'm good. I I have news from our last podcast. Mm-hmm. I have signed up for something fucking stupid. Indulge me. I'm gonna do High Rocks in March. Nice. I've been speaking to someone about that today. Actually, it looks it looks really fun. It's fun, it's sick, it's disgusting, it's definitely a form of weird torture. I fucking hate running, it's all running. What am I doing? Is it all running? It's 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 eight kilometers of a run. So you run, you do a 1k run, then you've got wall balls, and you've got a 1k run, you've got a sled, you've got 1k run, you've got a sled push, sled pull, you've got burpee broad jumps, you've got a thousand meter ski, thousand meter row, uh, 80 meters, 80 meters with uh weighted lunges it's basically who's the best runner oh yeah i hate running but it's hydrox more would you say it's more sort of conditioning than like that crossfit style yeah it's definitely more conditioning like the weird movements are like that's fine like there's nothing there that you'd be like oh i can't do but, but there's no like heavy deads or anything like that like there is in crossfit now Nah, the heaviest sled push for the ladies is 120 kilo, which is absolutely fine. You know, for the guys, yeah. it's 175. So, like, and the lunges for women are only 10 kilo. But it's the fact that your legs are fucked by the time you get there. Yeah, a 10 kilogram lunge after you've run, like, 5K and done sled, like, it's a different story, isn't it? Yeah, it's like, who can put up with the most kind of torture? Who can run the fastest? Like, my 1K time is abysmal. Like, I... I yeah, but I it's can't. pretty much a challenge of how much how much lactic acid can you handle in your legs and still keep going. That's yeah. pretty much it, really, isn't it? Yeah, and like when I was racing bikes last season, fine, like high rocks, fine, because like you're it's just lactic threshold all the time. Yeah, but then this year being doing doing bodybuilding, weightlifting, and not just doing the bike for like a bit of fun, I have no lactic threshold. So I've died to death the other day when I went on a treadmill for the first time and did like 3K. Thought my lungs were going <laughs> to explode. <laughs> so- anyway, we're going to chat today about how to handle the run up to Christmas. So I'm guessing there's a lot of people listening that are probably filled with a little bit of anxiety, how to handle this December, probably thinking I'm going to lose I'm going to lose the results that I've got over the coming months and I'm going to gain the weight back, that sort of thing. So today we're going to touch on how to basically handle the run up to Christmas in the best possible way to live your life to the fullest without taking any steps backwards. And that's going to take off in a few different directions in terms of how to just handle social occasions in general and the the amount of them throughout December. And there's going to be some mindset shifts in there. You know, with me and Grace, it's it always starts and ends with your mindset. And I, I just know for a fact that when you change your mindset on these scenarios, on these events, you go into it. It's like a door's been unlocked. You go into it with a completely different headspace. And the the things that can normally make you worry and fall off track suddenly don't fill you with the same amount of as worry and i think that that's part of this this whole box that we want to tick for for nailing december so let's let's jump into it i when i started making some notes for this podcast i think there was three things that came to my head i think everyone needs to have these three things if they want to handle the back end of the year successfully 
And I put them down to, you need to, number one, you need to have a mindset shift from restriction to empowering choices towards my goal. Instead of looking at December and think, I can't eat this, I can't do this. Instead of saying, no, I shouldn't do these things, your your mindset needs to shift from no to yes, I'm making empowering choices towards my goal. The next one I would say number two is make compromises instead of sacrifices. We don't want to look at December and think there's certain things that we cannot do. We always want to look at it as a compromise rather than a sacrifice. And I think the third one is just having the tactical understanding of how to manipulate your calories and and your training and your workouts and your steps throughout the month to leave room for for more socializing, for more calories on certain days. When you've got that understanding of how to manipulate your calories and your steps to make room for higher calorie days, it leaves you a lot more freedom and flexibility. And I think that that has a massive input on how guilty you feel and how stressed you feel coming up to these events so let's kick it off grace have you got any starting points that you wanted to make on this podcast where you wanted to go with it yeah i think when it comes to like november and obviously what date is it we're friday the third of november i think people just generally get into a fuck it mode yeah because we're coming, it's like, oh, you know, the shops are getting all the Christmas stuff out. You know, you're thinking about presents. You're thinking about where are we going to have Christmas dinner? Who's you spending, you know, Christmas with who? You get into that kind of like, right, it's already Christmas, so fuck it. Like two months, that'll make no difference. But actually, you can continue to make progress all the way up to Christmas week. And it's like, you don't have to just go, fuck this shit. I'm going to just eat everything around me. Like that's seven weeks. We're eight weeks out. That's the seven full weeks before we hit Christmas that you can still make tons of progress. You know, and you have to think about it. If you continue to make progress and you kind of, yes, there's going to be probably more maintenance calorie days, but you're still mindful. You're still moving. You're still thinking about your protein. You're still tracking. You're still trying to stay hydrated. If you keep your daily habits set in place, by the time January comes, you're not digging this massive fucking ditch where you're like seven weeks of just eating like the cookie monster and you're going, oh, fuck, wish I hadn't done that. Mm. You know, there there is still a way to balance all the festivities, all the social events with that mindset shift, but still make progress so that you've had a great Christmas, you've enjoyed your calories, you haven't felt restricted, but you've still moved. And then January comes and you're like, cool. You know, like there's there's no this feeling of guilt. There's no going, oh, fuck, I just wasted the last two months. I think people get get caught up in Christmas really early and just have a all fuck it mood. Yeah, and I I think a lot of people look at December and they look at the amount of social occasions they've got and immediately they've wrote it off as a bad month. Yeah. And I think that's where they think, well, it's going to be too difficult to handle. I know it's not going to go well. Fuck it. I, I, if it's not going to go well, there's no point me putting all this effort in when it, it can't possibly work out well for me. And that's where they, they kick the fuck it bucket. But if you've got a social occasion every Saturday and Sunday throughout December, that's only, what, 10 days? That is literally a third of your month. I just don't understand the, the theory or the logic behind if it's only 33% of, of your month, where is this idea coming from that, it's not worth trying. You've got fucking 66% of your month where you can still see it as 
completely normal days. And that's if you're doing something every Saturday and Sunday throughout December, which I'm guessing most people probably don't. Mm -hmm. And let's flip this on its head for a second. Let's say I'm going to use a fucking cake analogy here. Let's say someone gives you an amazing cake for Christmas, your favorite fucking cake. And they say to you, you can have it, but you can only eat 66% of this cake. There's not a fucking chance in hell you're going to look at this cake and think, well, there's no point eating it then. There's no point even trying. There's no point bothering with this cake if I can only eat 66% of it. But it comes from that, and you know, this is what we coach. It comes from this, it has to be perfect. Mm. You know, I've got too many social events. It's not, it's not ideal, guys. It's not ideal month to make progress. No, it's not fucking ideal. It's Christmas. Like, <laughs> it's, it's not going to ever be ideal. There's fucking shit tons of chocolate and cookies and everything going around. But you can still make loads of progress. You know, and 66% is a passing mark if you're doing your exams. That's <laughs> it's a pass. You're still fucking passing. It's a C plus, but it's still a fucking pass. You know, so you can still make progress. You don't have to just sack the month off because you're going to find you feel like an absolute lump by January. So why not keep with the habits that you've built up? Keep carrying those on. You're going to have some maintenance days. Cool. You're going to have some days over your calories. Cool. But you you are still able to make progress or maintain the progress that you've made and not fall backwards. I think a key part to this as well is just understanding you, the use of maintenance days because yeah. there's still so many, and even a, a lot of our clients, it's hard to drill into them that if you go over your fat loss calories, you're not gaining body fat. Like you've got a big range of calories here between your fat loss calories, your deficit calories, and where your maintenance calories are, where if you go above those maintenance calories, that's when you may gain some body fat. But you're not going to just automatically gain body fat by going over your deficit. You need to understand that the more you can use your maintenance calories, the easier it will be to maintain your results long term. You are yeah. never going to be able to stay in a deficit for the rest of your life. Like it's impossible you'll die. <laughs> there will not be any of you left if you just stay in a calorie deficit. So whether you know it or not, you will be having certain days where you come out of a deficit and eat at maintenance. Your job is to just understand these days are probably happening regardless of me liking it or not. Why don't I use them to my advantage and think it's a day off dieting. It's a day where I can allow myself to eat and consume more calories and just understand that I'm not going to take any steps forwards. I'm not going to take any steps back. And that is fucking brilliant. Yeah. It's, it's and, a it's a hack. And that and that's why the coaching works so well, because you have that flexibility there. The clients know, cool, I've got these fat loss calories that I want to try and stick to as many days of the week as I can, you know, five days if possible. And I've got a couple of days that I can use these maintenance calories with cool i can have a takeaway you know and go to the cinema and have popcorn i can eat out with a friend i can fucking have christmas dinner you know like we do not want to be stressing about food over christmas you know and there's where your maintenance calories really come in and leaning into those when it comes to december understanding you're not putting on weight it's literally at maintenance if you had tons of days in a surplus yes we're gonna say see some weight gain but not in maintenance, like the clue is in the name, you're maintaining your weight. So I, th I think personally, one of the best ways to look at 
December is to see it as a bit of a challenge. I think the challenge over December is I want to live my best life. I want to enjoy my social occasions, but I also don't want to take any steps backwards. Mm. I think the, the key is understanding what the goal is over December. And I think the, the fundamental goal is you shouldn't be looking at taking any steps backwards. Yeah. And for some people, you will still be able to, on a net average, lose body fat over December. But the the fundamental for a lot of people is I don't want to take any steps backwards over December. So I think you need to start that with questioning the narrative of do you need to overeat to have a good time? I think that's a really useful thing to just question in your own head and think when it comes to going out for social occasions and when it comes to eating around Christmas, like there's no direct correlation between the amount of calories you eat and the amount of fun you have. Like I'm guaranteeing it that the the fun that you have around Christmas, it comes from the social aspect. It comes from enjoying the food, but there's always a diminishing returns with how you enjoy food. Like that first serving of pudding is going to taste fucking incredible but the third serving won't taste as good. It won't feel as good. That first chocolate out of the box of celebrations will fucking taste brilliant. But the 22nd chocolate, it just won't feel as good. You've got to understand that there is a diminishing returns with the amount of food that you eat and how much you enjoy it. And I think that's a key thing for people to understand as well. It's a fact, but in your head, you kind of think that you will. yeah and i think it's the same for alcohol yeah so like like look at like our our last client me up like i really don't drink all that often and like if everybody was having drinks i didn't have one the whole night you know and it's like my thing is you don't need alcohol to have fun to have a good time and the same the same for food you know the a lot of the enjoyment for, from food yes comes from the taste but the other 50 percent is that is who you're with yeah no, you can have a great meal, but shit crack. You'll not remember the meal, you know. So you can have a great meal and you're having the banter. And that all of a sudden you have the memories of the food. It just makes it come alive. So a lot of that, a lot of the enjoyment of food comes from actually who you're with, what you're doing. So, you know, you don't need to overeat to have a good time. And the same when it comes to your alcohol calories, because they're obviously going to go up for most people during December. You know, so it's kind of remembering, look, I don't need to get shit faced throughout December to actually have a good time. Yeah, agreed. And I think that this is not us saying that you you should avoid any food. Like mm-hmm. I want you to have some of everything, but the key is having and like enjoying it, but not just going over the top with it. And trust me, you will enjoy that smaller serving more because you know. I'm not going to be able to eat a fuck ton of this. And it's the same with how you handle your treats just throughout an everyday week. Like if you're having a treat every day, it's not a treat anymore. (laughs) It's just part of your diet. And I'm guaranteeing you, if you, if let's say you love chocolate, you eat some chocolate every single day. If you decide, right, I'm going to only allow myself to eat some chocolate on a Saturday and a Sunday, I'm guaranteeing you will, you will enjoy it more just because you've got that little that little essence of depriving myself of something to allow myself something on a certain time or day. And that's exactly how you want to handle the Christmas food and all the 
all the snacks and everything around Christmas. I'm I'm allowed some of it, but that's where that's where the most enjoyment is when you have some of it, not when you have a fuck ton of it. There's that diminishing returns, and the more you can be aware of that, easier it is to just convince yourself. I don't need to really continue eating that. I've enjoyed it, but I don't need to. I can push my plate away, sort of thing. Yeah. I think probably the next one I would go on to is probably certs. Mm. And I, I rely a lot on this, like over the kind of the festive period. If you think about kind of what your average, and if you're normally averaging 8K a day, you're going to, on the whole, probably be having more calories over that week, over the course of November, definitely over December. So I try and just push my steps a little bit. And if I know that, say, I've got, let's say I'm having dinner tonight, I'll try and have like a really good step. Even if I can't train, say if you can't train, because sometimes it's hard to train as much in December with so much going on, but you normally can still get your steps in as much. So you might not have as much time to train, but you could definitely push your steps. So I try and push my steps by a couple of K every day, kind of over December. Steps over December is a really easy, handy way to just up your movement. And again, give yourself a challenge. If you're averaging 8k can you go 10k over december that's where the struggle comes in though isn't it because as the nights get colder and darker people are going to struggle to maintain that amount of steps so i would say to people try do more of your steps in the gym first and foremost mm. and if you can add 15 minutes of steps or 20 minutes of steps onto the back end of your workout this is something you need to be doing and they might say, well, I'm already in the gym for 45 minutes to an hour. I don't want to add another 15, 20 minutes onto that. What I would then say is, right, try either get through your workout quicker or let's change the workouts and focus more on compound movements and building strength. And then you can do less exercises in a short amount of time and add the steps on. Let's say a normal person's workout is, six exercises and the majority of them are machines or little dumbbell movements let's change that instead of doing six exercises let's focus on doing three heavier compound movements that you can get through slightly quicker and then you've got a little bit more time to add some steps onto the back end of the workout and i think looking at december as a whole it does massively help to change the target of if I know I'm going to struggle to lose fat this month, I'm going to move the goalpost and focus on getting strong. Like mm. it massively helps to just shift your target and focus on something else that you can win at throughout December. And it, this is not to just say just, right, let's sack off the idea of losing body fat. It's not going to happen because it can definitely happen. But if you change the target and think, I want to focus more on strength, that's where you're going to start accumulating your wins and you're going to feel good about it. But yeah, yeah I would say 100% if you can up your steps throughout December, it, it might be tough for a lot of people, but that's that's definitely something that we should be trying to do. Don't forget about Get Fit with Rick. Like Get I, Fit with Rick as well. There's not a pound commission. I should be retired at this point. So yeah, some some people don't like Get Fit with Rick. That's cool. Go on the YouTube and type in Get Fit Get fit with Rick. It's just basically steps. You, there's loads of people doing steps. Some of the girls were like, oh, they found somebody doing hip hop steps. I'm like, cool. You know, but you can do steps at home. 5,000 steps will take you 30 minutes at home. If you've got kids, you've got lots of socializing going on. You can't hit the gym. You can't stay longer in the gym. The weather is shit. You can get up 30 minutes earlier. 
do it before bed, do it when you come home. There's 5,000 steps done. You haven't left your living room. So that's our, that's a, an easy way to kind of negate weather or negate time in the gym. The other one is buy a walking pad. They're a bit expensive. If you can't afford that, go for a real shit treadmill, a manual one off like Facebook. They're like 50 quid. They're fuck all. And well, fire that. was Chelsea's walking pad that she's just bought? 100, 150, like, something like that. 150, like there's somewhere between 150 and 200 for a walking pad. But even a manual treadmill, I've seen them on Facebook for like 50 quid. Yeah. Like, you know, they'd be shit to run on, but you get your steps on them. You know, and it, like it's not set in the world that I'd spend 50 quid on the treadmill. So either like a walking pad, which would be handier, or something like a cheap treadmill, or then you've got your YouTube steps. So plus you can try and do extra time in the gym. There's loads of ways around like the shit weather. Um, yeah. And I think sometimes we just use in the UK the shit weather as an excuse. 100%. And you've literally just given three three different angles you can get your steps in there like if you can't afford a walking pad you've got get fit with rick and there's 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 we do just use the weather as an excuse don't we yeah all the time but it's It's a good excuse (laughs) (laughs) to be fair it is yeah but it doesn't it doesn't have to be an excuse like there's there's tons of ways around shitty weather we just sometimes it's just being a bit canny with it you know so you've got the treadmill at the gym, you can have a treadmill at home, a cheap one, you can have a walking pad, or you can do YouTube steps. There's four ways to get steps in that, you know, don't actually require you to be outside. Yeah, agreed. Let's turn into alcohol a little bit and talk about how, how would you sort of handle somebody's alcohol around Christmas? What would you, is there any tips or tricks that you would give to people as to how to, how to go around it? I would say, I know that it's going to, I know everybody loves them and it's going to come up, but if you can limit your cocktails, yeah. you know, yeah, choose when, choose your battles when it comes to your cocktails, because they're so calorific. You're going to spend a lot of your calories, even your maintenance calories on the cocktails. So if you're out and about, yeah, cool. And you really want one, like have one, but don't have like 10 of them, you know, have a cocktail fucking enjoy it and then switch to something that you know is going to be a bit better in terms of your calories your gins your spirits your slimline tonics those are going to be easy to track and way way easier on your calorie target than a shit ton of cal- a shit ton of cocktails beer as well is really high so it's like think about the drinks that you can have like you can still have alcohol like we're not saying don't have it but things like Bailey's, cocktails, beer, they're, you're going to spend a lot of calories, but you're not going to get a lot of drinks. You know, so I don't think that it's worth the enjoyment. Like if you think of the calories in a, a slimline drink, you might have to spend like 100 calories on one. But a, a cocktail might be 10 times that. You could literally yeah. spend, it's, could spend 700 col- calories on a cocktail easily. And when you think, when you think back to this night, you're not going to think, oh my God, that cocktail was seven times more enjoyable than if I'd have just got myself a normal lime and soda with vodka. Like it's, it's just not. The reason people get cocktail is because two other people are sat around them and one of them says, oh, should we have a cocktail? And it's just like an intuitive, oh yeah, let's get a cocktail. It's, you could quite easily just think, nah, I'll just, I'm just going to have this. And nobody would bat a fucking eyelid, but you're 600 calories better 
just by making a tiny little split second decision and thinking I'll drink this instead. And like shots. Yeah, exactly. Let's get the shots in. You know, I was like, you don't have to get a shot if you don't want to. So let's say somebody's got a, a social occasion on the weekend where we're on the 4th of December, they're going out on the 9th and it's going to be a boozy one. Um, what would you be saying to people in terms of what what they should be thinking about on that week? We've already covered on that week, you want to be trying to get more steps in. And that would be my first of all advice. If you're If you know you're going to be going out on the weekend, try increase your steps that week and create a little wiggle room. If we're going to increase calories somewhere, we need to try burn extra calories somewhere else. And the best way to do that is with your daily movement. So mm. apart from trying to increase the steps, we've got calorie banking as well. Talk them through, people through that a little bit, Grace. Yeah, so if you know you've got this big social event and it's probably going to take you even up above for your maintenance calories, which if it's a if it's a big one, it may well do. You yeah. can actually bank your calories. So if that's on a Saturday, you've got Monday to Friday to bank some calories. So if you, let's say you're on 1,600 as your fat loss, if you drop to 1,500 for five days, you've banked 500 calories. So you have an yeah. extra five to spend. It's like, you know, you're saving a bit of cal some calories. It's like saving money. You're then going to spend that money, those calories on the Saturday. I wouldn't necessarily say drop to stupid levels. Like if you're on 1,600, do not be dropping to like 1,000 calories a day. That is not necessary 100 150 max so that you've got even 200 at an absolute push if it's a big big session but 100 you could also say grace you, this is something that i've done a few times like if your calories are around 16 1800 there might just be one certain day of the week where you think i could get away with a really low calorie amount today and if it's just yeah. the one off day I don't think that's necessarily such a bad idea. It's when clients think every day this week, I'm going to try 1000. That's where you're leading yourself down a bit of a shit storm. But yeah. there might be one day of the week where you're really busy, really rushed off your feet. Appetite just isn't prominent. And you think I could get by on just over a thousand calories today. And just, yeah. and I've got a big chunk banked there just on a random day. You've got to choose your battles and, and work which, which days you bank more calories on depending on your appetite. Yeah. So a little bit like intermittent fasting, you know, which yeah. does work, which does work for some people. You know, you might have, you might find there's a day that you're you have no appetite. So you can bank that amount. I think it's when you try and bank a huge amount every day. Yeah. Because then you're kind of getting into like restricting to then kind of go binge. So as long as you're really mindful, these are the days that I can bank some more calories. My appetite's not there. I might be able to bank some more. That then gives you tons of calories to spend on your Saturday. And then when it comes to like eating out, I would always say if there's a menu, have a look at the menu beforehand. See if it's like overwhelmed when you get there. And then actually you can pre-track. So if you know you're going out and it's, it's a standard Christmas dinner, you can pre-track that and you know kind of roughly how many calories. You can yeah. pre-track your drinks because it really depends on how many you have. But you can go in with a plan of knowing this is what I'm going to order. And I think your tip of where you always say, if I'm eating out, I've got four choices, appetizer, main, dessert, alcohol, choose two. Yeah. You know, and we use that right. oh, there this, this week. And it just, she was like that, Grace, that was brilliant. You know, she had like a midweek mid thing on. She was like, oh, I actually chose two. And it was like, I felt so in control, but I didn't feel restricted. I had what I wanted, you know, but I didn't eat like an asshole. So, and it was all tracked. So I think if you're heading out, Look at the menu, pre-track it, have an idea of what drinks you might have, 
so that you're kind of going right i'm going to go with gin and slim lines today and then also you can you bank your calories from the week and i think that massively massively helps in choosing two out of your four options so let's say in theory somebody manages to bank 100 calories throughout the week you've got 500 calories extra there to spend on your social occasion and on top of that you've got to understand I can use my maintenance calories. So let's say your your deficit calories is around 1600. Your maintenance might be around 2000. So automatically there, you've got the 500 bank plus the extra 400 that will take you up to maintenance. Now you've got 900 calories to play with that will easily cover your food and some drinks probably. So when you start to look at it like this, it's it's really not that difficult to fit in a big social occasion at the end of every weekend if you're planning it right. I think that's the key. Yeah, it's all down to planning and organization, isn't it? Yeah. And I think if you kind of just go in, like fly by the seat of your pants, you just feel really overwhelmed. And also you get caught up in peer pressure. Everybody's having a cocktail. Fuck it. I'll have I'll have two, then three, then four. Everybody's having like an appetizer, me and dessert. I'll have that as well. Whereas if you have a plan, if you've pre-tracked, if you know what alcohol you're having, you know your calories, it's nearly a breeze to go through a social event because you're totally in control. Like there's an empowerment in that. You yeah. are empowered to make really good choices, stick to your choices and not feel just like blown along or swayed along with the wind of what everybody else is doing. You know, you, you have made a choice. You're empowering yourself. I love that. You, you, and it's so easy when it happens. If it, and the next part I was going to talk about is how you actually handle the day of an occasion. Because let's say we bank some calories through the week. We're on the Saturday. It's the day that we're going out. We're going out at 7 p.m. I would say you've got sort of three different routes that you can go down in terms of how you handle the day of. Route number one is probably the one that a lot of people shouldn't take. I take it sometimes because I can fast quite easily. But route number one is you just fast the full day. I can really easily have a couple of coffees throughout the day and just not eat until I go out at 6, 7 p.m. and enjoy all my calories then. It yeah. might not work for some people. If you know it's not, not going to work for you, don't fucking try it. But option one is you fast throughout the day and you've got a big chunk of calories there spare for the evening option number two is eat a low cal high protein meal early in the day mm. it might just be you you might think i'll skip breakfast but i'm gonna have like a chicken salad it's gonna be low calorie you can make that meal two 250 calories and just bulk it up with salad and veg or whatever option three is you have a low cal high protein meal but you have it two hours before the actual social event that way you're going to go into it feeling like you're ready to eat, but you're also not absolutely starving. Mm -hmm. And I think sometimes whether you have that low-cal high-protein meal at the start of the day or you have it a couple of hours before you go out, it's just individual on what works best for you. But there will be one of those scenarios where you think, I really found it easier to control my nutrition by doing it that way. They're the three options. You can fast fully not have anything, have a low-cal, high-protein meal a couple of hours before you actually go out, fills you up a little bit. Or you can have that low-cal, high-protein meal earlier on in the day. But either way, I think there's a good three options there for you to choose from. 
Yeah, I'm the same. I can fast all day. That's I I train. I could train fasted like no, yeah. no but that I I find most people can't do that. So I think like the high protein option is like superb. You know, the other thing I would say is if you know that you've got a social event in the evening, I would always try and get some movement in in the morning or during the day. Either go for a training session, get a bit of conditioning in, get a good long walk in, just to get your body moving, get you moving. And I find that that always helps by the time then you come to the social event. Even mentally, it gives you a bit of a boost because I think sometimes when you're when you're in a fat loss journey, there is a bit of concern about hitting higher calories, hitting maintenance. And I think sometimes it just helps give you a bit of a buffer so that mentally you're like, right, I've moved today. Well, I was literally just on a call with Dan and Hannah um, yesterday and they both said like weekends were my struggle before this, but it's really helped them doing exercise on a Saturday morning. And I mm -hmm. said, well, diet and exercise go hand in hand. You are much more likely to make better choices when you've exercised on that morning. Like it's, it's very, I know it still happens, but it's very rare that somebody exercises on the morning and then eats shit the rest of the day because yeah. it's just a mindset thing where you think I've paid into these good habits. I've done the exercise. I've done the workout. If I've already paid into that bank account, there's no point me just drawing all that money out and, and, and spaffing it all on shit food. Like you make better choices. So I would always agree there and say, try exercise and do something on the day of a social occasion because mindset wise it it will help push you in the right direction won't it yeah massively like i i even on christmas day as i said i don't need to train on christmas day but it's it's been my tradition for a long time i do something gym train at home go on the bike anything you know and it's like oh, i'm sat down the rest of the day i'm having a higher calorie day i'm not tracking that day fuck no but you know like it's just it makes me feel right i've moved because it's not a high movement day you know, yeah. so it's like I've done some movement, you know, and the same around like Boxing Day, Christmas Day, you know, try try and get some movement and go for walks. Like we always go for a walk to the family, you know, go for some nice long walks, especially after having higher calorie days, get the digestive system just moving. You know, if you want to go train, cool, that's up to you. But I always say get out, go for a walk. You just feel better, don't you? You can awesome. easily end up just feeling like a fucking slug around yeah. christmas you just feel sluggish and like i say with everything it's all about momentum and when you get momentum going in the wrong direction it's so hard to get out of and this is why i wanted to mention the um the 27th to 28th and 29th i think those three days are absolutely fucking crucial because essentially you're if you've got christmas on the 25th which is a monday what i would say is key is you don't have that full week off being a fucking lazy bastard throughout the full week of Christmas. And then New Year's Eve is going to be the Sunday. If you've had that complete week off doing anything, like I say, with momentum, it's hard to get yourself going again. I can absolutely guarantee that if you do something, whether it be on the 26th, the 27th, 28th, or maybe if you do all three days or do just one of them, if you just get that one gym session in on the 27th, I promise you it will be easier to get yourself going again when it gets to the 1st of January. But the issue people have is they build up that negative spiral of being absent from their good habits. And then it's harder to get themselves back into performing them because they've been absent for so long. And that's that's the key behind imperfect action that we always bang on about. Like 
it won't be a brilliant gym session on the 27th, but it's not about that. It's about showing up, doing something and just making it easier for yourself to get back into your good habits when it gets to January. Yeah, I think like you you don't want to leave it too long post like Christmas Day, Boxing Day to get back into your normal routine. You know, like if, yes, you might have more time off work, that's cool. But if you normally train, let's go do that. If you're normally going for a walk, let's go do that. If you're normally trying to eat healthy on the whole, let's try and get back into that. Because otherwise those days past Christmas day up to New Year's Eve, like you can feel like an absolute fucking flump during those days. <laughs> then, or fucking the Mitchell and Mama Ghostbusters, you know, and then by the time like January 2nd hits, you're like, oh, fuck. You know, whereas if you get back into more of your normal routine, it's not going to be a great gym session. You'll, you'll, you'll not, you know, you're not going to be smashing the PBs. But the thing is, are you moving? We're not, we're not looking for an amazing gym session. We're not looking for a five-hour walk. Are you moving? Are you trying to eat healthier on the whole? You know, yes, let's do that. Um, because a lot of people just go from Christmas Day to New Year's Eve as like, oh, it's fuck it week. Yeah. But again, and the longer that fuck it period lasts, the harder it is to unfuck it, isn't it? It is. You know, you just like you prolong it, and all of a sudden, like third week of January, and you're still fucking trying <laughs> to smash, smash the end of, left of the Wilbur Collie straight into you. You know, so it's like yes, we we know it's going to be a higher calorie month for sure, but it doesn't mean you know once Christmas Day comes that it's just like oh fuck it, there's there's another week gone. You're kind of just letting. You're giving up your empowerment. You're giving up your control for a couple of days, for a week. Let's still stay. Let's empower ourselves to make good choices that we know by the time January comes, we're in a good spot, but we've had a great December. Not January comes and, you know, we feel like, you know, we're a fucking, we're a big puddle. I think genuinely when you handle Christmas right as well, and you do enjoy it, but you are more mindful and you have a bit of a plan going into it. That will massively help how much guilt you have after Christmas. Like if you have a complete fuck it week from Christmas to New Year's Eve, like you will feel guilty in January. And that guilt has a knock on effect to how quickly you get back into your good habits. If you're feeling guilty as fucking in the 1st of January thinking, I've gone way overboard here. I've I've eaten like a fucking pig. Like you're not going to be so fucking eager to get back into your tracking calories. You're just not. The- yeah, and I think you want to go into January in a in like in a positive mindset. Yeah. You know, like there's this all, the whole new year, new year. Okay, yeah, we know about that. But, you know, you, you want to go into the new year positively. You don't, you know, we don't want to see anybody go into the new year feeling guilty. Or feeling I'm I'm ashamed of what I ate. I feel fucking terrible. You know, I've hardly moved. We want you to have a great Christmas, have been mindful, and go into January feeling good. I'm empowered. I've been in control. I've had a great time. I'm feeling positive. And I think that's how you want to go into January, not feeling, you know, like absolute shit about yourself. That's not a good way to start 2024 or any year. Yeah. Like I said at the start, it's all about changing the mindset from I'm saying no to th- certain things and and instead seeing it as I'm saying yes to feeling my best this year. I'm mm-hmm. saying yes to looking after my health. And when you see it as that, it's a yes to yes to me instead of no to this, you'll 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 much easier make the right decisions and be happy about them, won't you? 
yeah 100 percent. and that's it you know it does come down to that that sort of shift over over sort of the festive period of your mindset and i think as well even with your training sessions because you're going to be having higher calories that's actually a really good time to put that into your training sessions you should be fucking lifting like a monster in december because you have you've more carbs you've more protein in you so like fucking beast your training sessions in december and you will find as you said by the time january comes you're stronger because you've actually put your food to good use well, there's, there's literally always two ways of looking at this story, isn't there? I was on a call with Lauren the other night and she was saying, I ended my session so disappointed because I was trying to do the shoulder strict press and press these weights above my head. And I literally couldn't straighten my arms and I was so disappointed in myself. And I'm sat there thinking, Lauren, I'm seeing this as a fucking win. That says to me that you're training to failure to the yeah. point where you can't lift your arms above your head. That is the exact sort of thing that we want to do to make your muscles adapt and grow. Like that's a win for me. I would much rather you do that than stop five reps before failure and just chuck the weights down when you could have easily done an extra five or six reps. If you're pushing yourself to failure, that's exactly what we want. Mm-hmm. And it's the exact same way of looking at like your food around Christmas, like there's always two sides to look at this equation. If if you know that you're going to have more calories over December, all right, I'm going to use those extra calories and train like a fucking monster and try hit some PBs instead of looking at it as, oh, I'm going to have to eat more calories. It's not going to be the best for fat loss. I'm not going to be able to lose as much as I wanted. Change the goalposts. I'm going to focus on getting strong over December because that's what's that's what's more aligned with the month that's ahead of me simple yeah we don't you know some people might lose fat over christmas but i think going into it with i'm going to try and keep my fat loss going you're setting yourself up to have big expectations when it might just be it's a month to maintain your weight but get stronger and then have fun relax with family enjoy the social events you come out of december feeling empowered and really fucking strong as well yeah, the key is the key is setting your targets before the month as well. And I think you need to go into December thinking, if I don't take any steps backwards here, I'm going to be happy coming out of it. Like that, I don't want to put it all down to the scale and think, if I don't gain a pound over Christmas, that's the win. Because you probably will just with the higher amount of carbs that you're eating and salty foods. Like, let's not make it about the scale here, but... In terms of progress pictures and the size of your clothes and other ways that you might measure yourself, if you come out of it without taking any steps backwards, that's a win. Some people might be able to lose body fat, others won't, but either way, imagine you go through December without taking any steps backwards and then January comes around. It's the most boring month of your year. All you've got to do in January is just focus on training because nothing else is fucking happening. Yeah, think think about it as setting yourself up for what you want to do in the new year. Yeah, you know, and you don't. The last thing you want to do is start twenty, then twenty twenty four, the next year. You know, getting out of a ditch that you've built over December. You know, you want to use December to kind of lay foundations for twenty twenty four and go into in a really good frame of mind, positive, empowered. So I was going to say, for some people will be thinking, when should I track calories over Christmas? Is should I be tracking my alcohol? When do I stop tracking calories? Like, and how do I handle the days where I don't track calories? So what what's your immediate thoughts on on that, Grace? I'm never one for kind of like tracking Christmas Day, Boxing Day. Like yeah. I, yeah. I think 
I mean, if it, if you really I always kind of leave it up to the clients, look, if you're in a nice way of tracking and you feel that's good for you, go for it because it's your choice. You're an individual. For me, I'm not tracking those days. I think the days in between Boxing Day, Christmas Day and New Year, those are quite handy days to track because those are actually the more dangerous days. So I tend to go back to tracking and try and get in for a few training sessions as well. Um, it's very individual that, and I think if you try and give everybody, this is what you should do, you know, it's maybe, it's probably not going to work. So yeah, I, th- I think you should definitely track every day as normal leading up. To oh yeah. Christmas day. Um, and all, and if you've got social events on the weekends in December, I, I, there's no reason why you can't track those properly. And when it comes to alcohol, this is what I do and what I'd suggest to clients. Like we said at the earlier, stick to one drink throughout the night if you can. It's going to be so much more simple if you find a locale drink that you enjoy and think, right, this is my drink throughout the night. And what I would say to people is have a notes page open on your phone. And every time you have that slimline vodka tonic or whatever it is, you just put a little drink emoji in your notes page and just tally them up throughout the night. And no matter how many drinks you have, you can be sober enough to flick your notes page open and stick an emoji in. And then you just track them the day after. And even if you go over your maintenance calories, at least you've accounted for those calories and you know where you're at. Like that is half of it, just accounting for them and knowing where you're at that night. So yeah, you will come out of the night feeling so much more in control and empowered knowing I've accounted for all that instead of looking back at it and thinking, I've got no fucking idea how many calories I've had. Like that's when you start spiraling ideas around in your head and you do feel concerned and guilty either way. So yeah, yeah, have that notes page open, get your alcohol tracked. It will massively help. But like you said, Grace, I think if you can track a couple of days in between Christmas and New Year, Again, it's just that validating your habits, isn't it? Cementing them in and it'll be easier to get back to tracking after as well. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's a level of self-responsibility as well. It's a bit of self-accountability, you know, because your results, yes, the coaches can help you get there, but it is going to be down to you. So I think like by tracking, even if you're 800 calories over your maintenance, the fact that you've tracked it, is such a good level of self-accountability, self-responsibility. And, you you know, there is empowerment in that and going, I'm not going to be a fucking ostrich and stick my head in the sand and pretend that, you know, those drinks didn't happen. And I think there, you know, there's a real high level of self-accountability. A lot of people, if they go over calories, they don't track. A lot of people that are overweight don't track weekends. You know, there's a big correlation there in not knowing what you're eating and drinking or taking accountability for it and being overweight. So the fact that you're still tracking even on higher calorie weekends over December, that's huge for your own accountability and for your responsibility because it's your health. I Honestly, that's the best thing you've said all podcast. That is huge, <laughs> I think. It is 100% true that when you start fully being brutally honest with yourself and having that personal accountability for how many calories you eat, it's, like, it's a massive mindset shift. Yeah. And even if you do go over your calories, it doesn't matter. You know where you're at. You're taking responsibility. You yeah. know, it's like you, if 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 you're not tracking weekends, if you just say fuck it to December, you're leaving your progress, your health to chance, you know, to hope. Oh, hope it do you okay over December. Fuck that. I actually plan for December. You know, like, what does Yoda say? 
there is no try there's only do you know so you're far better to take accountability responsibility this is your chance to still keep making progress you know and that's massive going into like a new year you know that's it's a totally different frame of mind than oh fuck i, I hope it's okay this weekend i'll not track saturday because i'm going out i think there's a there's a lot of people that struggle with your weight have that exact mindset of saying i hope i'll yeah. try and it's like there is no hope and there is no try there is only i will and i'll do like mm -hmm. People say to me all the time, I'll try hit my steps. Like, there's there's no trying about it. It's either will you or won't you because you're the one completely in control of this. Like, mm -hmm. it's, it's fairly simple. Every time you put one foot in front of the other, that's one. <laughs> like, that is just a perfect correlation between every time I take a step, that's a number added onto my step count. How can you try hit your step count in that sense? Agree at the start of the week, am I going to hit it or am I not? Because as soon as you tell yourself, I'll try, I mine, that's you leaving the fucking door open to potentially not doing it. Like your words are powerful. What you tell yourself you will do, you probably will fucking do it. What you tell yourself you might do, the door's open to probably it not happening. And you'll always convince yourself, hmm, I said I might, so if I don't, it's not a huge issue, is it? And you do that over time and you start to lose confidence in yourself. Mm. The last thing you want to be is someone who doesn't fucking believe their own words. <laughs> no, like commit to your progress. You know, that's what that is about. You're committing to yourself, to your progress and tracking, being mindful over December. That is you committing to your progress, not saying, uh, you know, I hope I make progress over December. I hope I get to the gym for a couple of sessions. I hope I get for a walk. You know, we don't, there's no point hoping. I didn't lose 160 pounds by fucking hoping the weight away. Ah, <laughs> you know, oh, fuck, Grace, I'd love, I hope I'm a size 10 one day. You know, oh yeah, 12 months later that happened because I hope. No, you know, like you have to, to make these decisions. You are in control. There's no hope about it. There's no try about it. And I think sometimes it's people get, they're a bit too fluffy. You don't have to be fucking Sergeant Major over December and live like a monk, but, you know, doing the basics, like tracking, getting your steps and trying to get some movement and being mindful of your calories in the weekend. That is you committing to yourself to progress and not leaving your health to chance. I think we'll call it there. I think that's a good way to finish. Thank you all for listening. And as always, if you're thinking, I'd like to be coached by these two. Drop me a message on Instagram or you can fill out our application form and book a call. Episode 12 boxed off. Thank you, Grace, for showing up again. And we'll see you in episode 13. See you soon. See you soon.